Welcome to worship with Heritage Church. Bienvenidos a todos nuestra familia. Welcome to all of our family. We want to shout out to our guys at Kiwani and say, we greet you and we miss you. Uh, no matter where you're joining us from, we are so grateful that we have this opportunity to connect together in worship. This is our first Sunday to be together on WQAD. And so if you're joining us at 10 o'clock, you're joining us on their My TV station, channel 8.3. Um, or if you're joining us at 11, it's on their main channel, channel 8. And we are so grateful for the opportunity to connect with you in, in the space of worship, whether you're joining us online, um, on TV, in person, at our Rock Island campus at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. Or maybe you're just catching the service later on demand through YouTube. Whatever the means is, we are so grateful that we continue to have the opportunity to be a church that lives into our vision of connecting people to God and to each other and to their purpose. You know, it may be true that connection has never been more important than in this COVID season. And so we've really tried as a church to be creative in the ways that we're able to offer connection. One of the, the ways that we've done that is to offer virtual groups. Um, and so every six weeks, we've had a new virtual group opportunity starting. And we wanna let you know that we have a new group opportunity starting this coming week called Seen Known loved. And if you want more information about that, you can go to heritageqc.com and find out more generally about Heritage Church. Um, but you can also text CONNECT to the number um, on the screen. Texting CONNECT to this number will also give you information about baptism. We've been so grateful to be able to gather together in outdoor worship throughout the summer. And so every few weeks, we've been at one of our campus locations and at our Bridgepoint location to meet together and worship. Our last outdoor worship opportunity is going to be on September 23rd, and we're gonna be having baptism along with that service. And so if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, but you've never taken that next obedient step of baptism, we would love to journey with you in that conversation around what baptism might look like for you. And so you can text CONNECT to the number on the screen and we will get in touch with you and just take those next steps with you. You know, we believe that we were not made to do life alone and that we really are more together. And so prayer is something that, that connects us no matter what season we're in, no matter what location we're in. And so early on in this COVID season, our pastors made the commitment to be available to you um, through a phone call to pray with you at any time, no matter what you're facing or going through. And so if you're interested in praying with a pastor and you feel like, man, I need to do that, um, the number that you can call to do that is area code 309 732-0017. We are so grateful that we've been able to worship as one church in more locations than ever. And so whether that's your house, a garage, a prison cell, um, whether you're joining us from the Quad City area or from Peru in South America, we are so grateful that God is faithful to continue to advance his kingdom um, in surprising ways. And we'll just join him in the work that he's doing. Friends, as we just prepare our hearts to worship together, let us remember that this is the day that the Lord has made. Let's be glad in it 
as we worship together. Sing this together. Let praise be a weapon. Let praise be a weapon that silences the enemy. Let praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety. Let it rise. Let praise arise. Tu nombre canto ilumbras toda oscuridad. Proclamaré con todo tu victoria, adoraré, te adoraré. We'll see, we'll see, break down every wall, we'll watch the giants fall, for fear cannot survive when we praise you. Breakthroughs on our side Forever lift him high 
Well, hey friends, over the last couple of months, we've had opportunity to lean into times of prayer on a regular basis. Now, I, I love the gift of prayer. This is a gift that God has given to us to utilize, to connect to his heart. But one of the things I really appreciate about prayer is that God has given multiple access points for us to approach him. There's different ways to utilize prayer. And I wanna talk about uh, another way, uh, another avenue that you can begin to utilize. And it's connected to knowing and using the variety of titles and names and descriptions for God that we've been given in the scriptures. You can do this for each person of the Trinity if you want. You can do this for Father, Son, or Holy Spirit. But I wanna walk us through today what it might look like to approach prayer by using a few of the names and titles that we have for Jesus. Now, last weekend, Pastor Jeremiah did a wonderful job uh, in his message. And one of the things that he talked about last weekend is that uh, anytime you encounter the word Christ attached to Jesus uh, in the scriptures, you can sort of, it's sort of mentally, you can alert yourself that the, the words rescuing king can be inserted uh, in that. And, and let's, let's start there. Uh, in our time together right now. Let's start with this phrase, rescuing king, and let's start with the word rescuer. Spend a few moments now reflecting on how God has rescued you, those, those spaces and places in your life where he has served as your rescuer. And, and just spend a few moments giving him thanks for that. Next, we reflect upon the title king. Jesus is the king. He, he's come to establish a brand new kingdom in this world. And it is good and right to have a prayerful consideration of this title for Jesus to, to help us begin to examine maybe how surrendered we really are to his kingship and to his authority. Is there anything we can uh, you know, hand over to him? Uh, maybe something that we haven't surrendered to him uh, in any place in our life where, where we just need to hand those things over to his reign and to his control. Next, I would invite us to consider the name Emmanuel. The scripture ascribes this name to Jesus. It literally means God with us. And so I would just invite you right now to prayerfully reflect upon those, those places in your life where you are feeling God's presence pressing in in a deep way. And, and just be willing to, to give thanks to God for that. But I would also, you know, just kind of recognize there's places in our lives where maybe we don't feel his presence very closely. And maybe it's, it's worth in prayer, processing through the Lord to allow God to search your heart for reasons why this might be and invite Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, to dwell in those spaces in your life. And then finally, I, I wanna invite you to consider the word love. And we've been in a series where over and over again, we've considered that Jesus is love. He's, he's one of the best demonstrations of love. He is the best demonstration of love that we've ever been given, perfect model. And, and so what does it look like for us to pray through that word, love, as it relates to Jesus and to celebrate those places where he has poured out his love on us, but to ask him, how can we begin to pour out that same love 
on the people around us. So spend a few moments prayerfully reflecting on the word love. I want to encourage you to just spend your personal, individual times of prayer gathering up all of the names and descriptions that we have of God in the scriptures and and utilizing this as another, you know, kind of tool in your tool belt for prayer. And just allow the Lord to minister to you as you learn more about him using this particular avenue. It's a powerful prayer rhythm. And I, I would just hope that you lean into it in a regular way. And I'm going to just invite us now to let's continue to worship the Lord uh, as we sing together. There is a name who reigns without contention, whose power can be questioned or contained with humble faith. He rules the earth and heavens, His glory knows no measure or refrain. It is bursting past the borderline of space. Come on, sing the name of Jesus. Jesus, enthroned upon the praises of our hearts. Jesus, you're the king and you're the center of it all. There is a name reaching past the margins, calling sons and daughters back to him. And as he saves, the roar of heaven as prodigals are coming home again. Oh, the triumph of His name will never end. Jesus, enthroned upon the praises of our hearts.
our voices, sing the name of Jesus. Jesus, enthroned upon the praises of our hearts. Jesus, you're the king and you're the center of it all. Come on, declare that this morning. Jesus, enthroned upon the praises of our hearts. Jesus, you're the king and you're the center of it all. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in from wherever you are. Maybe at one of our in-person gatherings, maybe you're hanging out on your couch in your living room, on the road or from some other location. I'm glad we have the next few moments to spend together as we wrap up our All You Need Is Love journey, which has really just been a deep dive into some truth that we can all relate to. And today we're gonna pivot out of that conversation and into the next season. But before we do that, I just wanna take a moment to acknowledge and to celebrate that we as a church value raising up others. Over the past few weeks, we've had the opportunity to hear from a number of communicators from around our network. And I have to say, we are truly blessed and I am grateful for the team that we have. And as much as I like teaching, as much as I enjoy unpacking the word of God, raising up others, hearing from multiple voices, especially in the next generation, makes us all better. And I want to say thank you, Heritage, for being willing to create space to raise up others. Now, I'm glad to be back in the teaching role, and I'm looking forward to our conversation today. But before we get into that, I simply want to ask how many of you remember this. Remember the easy button. Perhaps you recall that marketing campaign that actually became part of our cultural narrative. And maybe you remember what happens when you push the button. You remember what it says? That was easy. This was a brilliant campaign. Brilliant because we all prefer easy. And the implication of the commercials that went along with the easy button were that any complexity can be made easy with a simple push. That was easy. Of the easy button. Now, again, that's brilliant because when we're honest, we all prefer things that are actually easy. For me, I 
and I believe probably you, can think of a number of things that I wish would be different, especially in the last six months. Things that maybe could be shifted in a moment. I'm certain we can all think of more than one circumstance, scenario, or situation where we wish we had the ability to simply push a button and to change it, to opt out, to overcome the problem, to rectify the issue, or simply just to skip ahead. That was easy. Especially this year. But as brilliant as the campaign is and as appealing as it is to think that we can push a button to remove complexity in our life uh, in a single moment to get past all the things that are not easy, it's just not how life works. The reality is we don't have an easy button for real life. So it leaves us with a question. What do we do then? Well, we're left with a choice. We're left with choices and how we respond. See, we all prefer things that are easy. It's not bad to desire what's easy. It's just not realistic, especially in the things of life and certainly in the things of God. It, those things are often not easy. And it was the disciple, whose name was John, who wrote a number of things in Scripture, wrote specifically in the book of 1 John that we have been unpacking over the last few weeks. And if you've missed any of that, you can catch all of those messages at HeritageQC.com under the Watch tab. But John provides for us really an easy way for anyone to understand how choosing love changes everything. How choosing love changes everything. So I want to go back in order to go forward. So let's go to 1 John chapter 4, uh, starting with verse 7. This is actually a passage we looked at a couple of weeks ago. But let's start there today. Here's what it says. 1 John chapter 4, starting with verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. It comes from Him. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Because God is love. Now, the beautiful thing about what John writes, what he, what he tells us about God is really what God has told us about himself. He himself is love. And we can choose him and we can choose it. But here's the thing with choosing love. Choosing love is always simple, even if it's not always easy. Let me say that again. Choosing love is always simple, even if it's not always easy. See, we don't have an easy button when it comes to the things of this world. But although we don't have this, we have the one thing that can change any scenario and any dynamic when we choose it. And that thing is love. See, love, over and over again in Scripture, over and over again in the teachings and example of Jesus. Jesus celebrated it. He invited it. He elevated it. He highlighted it as central to how we live. He established love as central, that all you need is love. Not because it's the only thing there is, but because it is at the core. It is central to all that there is. And when we say all you need is love, it's not the rejection or even the absence of other things. It's just acknowledging the centrality of love, that it is the foundation for how we're to live. And if we spend any time reading through Scripture, we can see just woven throughout all of the Bible why love is so central, why love is the reason behind so many things. 
even just considering that, that Jesus, love is the reason Jesus came. Uh, relationship with God. The why is because of love. We know that love covers a multitude of sins. And we know that we can be known by our love, known as followers of Jesus by our love, because God is love. God himself is love. He has chosen to reveal himself in love, and he invites us to do the same. That's quite simple, although not always easy. The reality is that love is a choice. It's a daily decision. It's simple because it's from him, and it is him. And although you may be thinking, wow, man, falling in love is easy. That may be true, but choosing to love is not. It's not always easy, but I tell you, it is always simple because it is from him and it is him. It's simple and it's clear. In fact, Jesus wanted to make sure it was clear to us in, in lots of different ways, but there was one moment where an expert in, in the law came up to him and asked him a question. And it allowed Jesus to respond in a way that emphasized the significance and the simplicity of love. So if you have a Bible, you can jump with me to Matthew chapter 22. Because Jesus' response, again, highlights all you need is love. This is Matthew 22, starting with verse 35. So, the, excuse me, verse 36. A teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? So that's the question that Jesus is asked. And, and here's Jesus' reply. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. All the law, all of what the prophets have said. You catch that? It's all on those two things. That's, that's a really big deal because when Jesus is asked what in God's law is most important, he says that it is love. He quotes from Deuteronomy and Leviticus out of the Old Testament to answer the question, but in doing so, he puts love first, he puts love second, he makes love the foundation of every interaction. It's first. And it may not be easy, but it is always simple, and it should be our go-to in any exchange. So based on what John said, and based on what Jesus said, it's really clear. All you need is love. Now, when we started this journey, I laid out a challenge for all of us to be intentional in deciding that we would stop asking if we agree and start asking if we love. Being willing to hold that posture, being willing to ask that question is a game changer. And it is also our starting point according to Jesus. To live in life and to live in relationship, it determines so much more. Because when we start with agreeing, when we try to start with agreement, well, then we respond differently. We treat people differently and it very rarely leads to love, even if we can agree on something because that's about consensus. However, love is a choice. It's a simple daily decision. And all you need is love. Now you may be thinking, you may be thinking, fine, but who do I have to love? Well, this is where it's not so easy. <laughs> because Jesus says we're to love our neighbor. And if you want to know what or who counts as our neighbor, I encourage you to read Luke chapter 10. Because in that moment, a man comes up to Jesus and he asks about life, asks about relationship with God and eternal life. And how to have it, and Jesus says, well, what's the law say? And the man rightly responds with the very things we just read that Jesus said, to love God and to love our neighbor. Jesus says he answers rightly, but then the man, trying to prove a point, says, well, then who is my neighbor? 
And it's in the response to that man's question about neighbor that Jesus goes on to once again identify out of the reality that all you need is love, who the neighbor is. And I really encourage you to read it on on your own at some point. But in the words of the beloved Inigo Montoya from the movie The Princess Bride, let me explain. No, let me sum up. Here's what Jesus said as he told that story in Luke chapter 10. Love the person in front of you. Love the person in front of you. That was easy. You know, when Jesus lays out who our neighbor is, and he positions love of God and love of neighbor as the two greatest things we can lean into, he's calling us to love the person in front of us. He's calling us to love the person that may not like us. He's calling us to love the person that maybe doesn't think like us, or believe like us, or vote like us, or even pray like us. He's calling us to love like he loved, to love everybody. That is always simple, but not always easy. And if you find yourself wondering, like, who am I supposed to love? Like, am I supposed to love this person or not? Let me tell you, you've already missed the point. Jesus says, when he defines the neighbor, that we're to love anyone, anywhere. So the invitation for us is to love the person in front of us. Especially in this season. In the complexity of our world, amidst political campaigns, cultural issues, COVID-19 dynamics, even remote learning and disrupted families and communities. It is easy, so easy to jettison relationships, to jettison people, to push an eject button and to be done with people and relationships, figuratively and literally. We can end relationships online through social media or we can just end relationships through distancing. It's easy to leave relationships. It's easy to avoid the hard, right, loving conversations. For me and the volatility of the season, I got to tell you, I have had to resist the urge to avoid people, to avoid spaces and situations where I know Jesus is calling me to love in that difficulty and complexity. See, in this season, there are things that are easy to do. Drift relationally, break fellowship, even choose ourselves over other people. But choosing love is not easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. And when Jesus answers in that interaction, he is very clearly establishing that we are to love God first. We are to love others second. And that pretty much covers everyone, except there's also the implication of loving ourselves. God, others, and self. This is the space of flourishing and thriving for us and others. Jesus keeps it really simple. It's not always easy. In fact, it's really hard to do this apart from him. In fact, it's probably impossible. But with him, all things are possible. With him, he, he provides the ability for us to, to live in a posture where all we need is love. It's possible. It is number one. It is numero uno. But if you're willing to live into this, it's really important to understand whether you're choosing to do this or choosing to chase something else. There's a fundamental reality, no matter who you are or what you believe, that what we seek first defines us most. Whatever you and I choose to seek first will always define us most. So what we chase most defines who we are most. And Jesus knew that. He understood that. That's why on a different occasion, he said to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all the other things will be added to us as well. 
That's Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Jesus understood that what we seek first defines us most. And the primary way to seek first his kingdom is always going to be expressed in choosing love first. And then Jesus invites us really in that statement to make the things that are important to God important to us. The things that are big to God, big to us. While at the same time noting that our ability or our inability to live into love determines what else we'll experience with him and in life with others. Because he knew what we seek first defines us most. And if you and I choose to seek comfort first, that will define us most. If we choose to seek money first, that will define us most. If we choose to seek recognition or control or avoiding complexity, those things will define us most instead of him who is himself love. You know, as a church, we we hold to several values, a handful of values that really help us to live like Jesus, to be like Jesus, and live the way he taught us. Each of those six things allow us to do it in very specific ways, but authentic love is prominent on purpose. Because despite our best attempts, even our preferences or desires, we can't segment love in our life. We either choose it or not. As theologian A.W. Tozer once said, he said, we cannot pray in love and live in hate and still think we are worshiping God. Oh, man, that can be really convicting. When we try to segment love, you can't do it. We either, we have to choose love and we either choose hate or love. It's one or the other. And we have to choose what's most important. Because John, as John already said, whoever does not love does not know God. And I don't know about you, but I want to know God. I want you to know God. So all you need is love. Now, again, you might be thinking, okay, I get it. Love everyone, always great. But how do I know if I'm doing it? Super good question. In fact, I want to encourage you if you have the courage to do it, to take a self-assessment this week. Within the Bible is a space that you can assess how well you're doing in choosing love first, how well you're doing in positioning it as the most important thing as you seek first his kingdom. In fact, write down 1 Corinthians 13. This is the space you can find it. Because 1 Corinthians, although a familiar passage for many of you, might not be familiar to all of you. It, It lays out a description of what love looks like when we live it out. And I encourage you to read 1 Corinthians 13 this week to understand and do a self-assessment. And when you get to verse four and on into verse eight, I encourage you to switch out the word love, the subject of love, and put your own name into it to see how you're doing. How that would go down if I were to do that, that first part of verse four is love is patient, love is kind. So I would do it by saying, Sean is patient and Sean is kind. Not declaratively, but with a question, am I? How am I doing in embracing a posture of love? in the simplicity that it comes from God, but also in the complexity of relating to others. I encourage you to take the time this week to do a self-assessment because all you need is love. And in that journey of all that you and I need is love, it's really not rocket science, my friends. It, It can certainly feel complicated at times, but it's always simple, even if it isn't always easy. It's the foundation for how you and I relate to God, to others, and even to ourselves, which by the way, you can do that First Corinthians assessment just looking at how are you doing in loving yourself because some of us struggle to do that well. And in this life, as we try to embrace love, we bump into complexity. It is not easy and we don't have an easy button in the dynamic. It may be easy, as I said, to fall in love, but to choose to love, to 
love in the complexity of humanity, where people are really just being people, that's not easy. That's hard. It's simple because it's from God and he calls us to it, but it's hard. And we need him to give us his love. We need to have access to him through Jesus Christ because that's the only way to navigate the complexity. Now, let me just caveat something because I understand that not every relationship in life is healthy or safe. And if you're in a dynamic or can think of a relationship dynamic that is harmful, abusive, or even dangerous, distance may be the very right thing that you need to have in place. It is okay to have healthy boundaries in those dynamics. And you need to pray and understand how God would want to position contact if it's appropriate. But even without proximity, even without contact, there's still a place to pray for that individual and to pray for them in love, to choose love, even in that complexity. Because the beauty, the power, the the clarity of Jesus and his teaching, his life, what we know as the gospel, the good news, is simply this, that we are all more sinful and broken than we want to believe, yet more accepted and loved than we ever hoped. All you need is love. It's, it's why God sent Jesus. Choosing love is always simple, even if it's not always easy. And for some of you today, the opportunity is to step into receiving the love of God through Jesus first, to find new life in him, to lay hold of him who is himself love, to choose to receive Jesus. You see, Jesus is the demonstration of God's love. And when we have relationship through the sacrifice of Jesus, our sins are forgiven and we are positioned as a people marked by love and known by love. And for some of you today, you need to receive his love in Jesus so that you have relationship, you have forgiveness, and you have new flourishing and thriving life marked by his love where you say, I no longer choose my way, I choose your way. I choose to live a life of love, empowered by the love that represents who you are to begin with. If that's where you're at, I encourage you to have a conversation with God today where you ask for forgiveness, you step into a relationship with Jesus, and you move forward. See, our, our time here on this earth is beautiful, and it's also complicated. And one day it will end. It won't be the end of all things. It'll just be the end of life here on this earth and the beginning of life in eternity. And when you and I stand before God, I wonder what you hope to hear from him, hope to hear him say. Because he won't ask you what you did for employment. He won't ask you how you voted or who you endorsed. But he will ask what you did with his love. His love expressed in his son. Do you know his son? And did you make him known? All you and I need is love. And when we have it, we're known by that love. And when Jesus says we're to be known by our love, his love, we can actually express that by saying be known by the way we forgive. Be known by the way we stand for the oppressed. Uh, To be a people known by how we respond to those who disagree with us. Or how we react when people disappoint us. The invitation is to love as we are loved by God, not how we're treated by humanity. And that, my friends, that was easy, <laughs> is the opportunity in embracing the reality of love, God who is himself love. You know, I wonder where in your journey that you have taken something simple and you have moved it to something easy.
Maybe it's an opportunity to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone. Maybe it's a space, a space where God wanted you to forgive, but you've held back in anger and not released in forgiveness. Maybe you've taken the simplicity of trusting God and you've made it easy by asking him to verify his trustworthiness before trusting him. Wherever we have taken what is simple and made it easy out of convenience, we miss the flourishing that's available. It's easy to walk away from relationships. It's easy to walk away from people who hurt us or let us down. In today's world, relationships and people are increasingly more disposable. However, we are called to remain. It's hard to remain. But when we remain in his love, God moves. He moves in big and small ways. And so I want to end our journey in the book of 1 John by really again inviting us to be willing to ask, not if we agree, but to ask if we love. To, there are plenty of things in this world we can find we don't disagree, or we don't agree, that we actually disagree on them. But John wrote a letter to specifically invite us to accept the reality of Jesus and the invitation to live as he instructed. That's not about a perfect life. That's about perfect love, demonstrated in Jesus, made possible in Jesus. So let me leave you and us in this journey with the words of Jesus from John chapter 15. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you for the example and expression of love in his coming. I pray that we would be a people who live in the complexity of this world marked by his love, that we would choose to embrace the fullness of what it means to walk in relationship with you, letting love lead, letting love mark us, knowing that all we need is love. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said,
I'm so grateful that even in the midst of great complexity, you and I can find and choose the simple way of love. That simple way of love that changes everything for us and the world around us because of who Jesus is and what he has done. You know, this has been a really fantastic journey through the All You Need Is Love series. And in a way, I'm kind of sad that it's coming to an end. I personally have been so thankful for the way God has spoken to me and my family through this conversation. And I hope that you can say the same for you and yours as we've really dug into scripture together. Our continuing journey in scripture next week will actually involve a special guest who we're really excited to share our time with and for you to get to know. It's going to be a great conversation that you are not going to want to miss. So be sure to join us at WQADHeritageQC.com live and on demand and live in space at our Rock Island location for that time in the Word together. After that, we're going to press into an awesome conversation through the book of Jonah, everybody's favorite Bible character. You know, the story of the guy who got swallowed by the fish, and there's so much that happens there. You're not going to want to miss those conversations either. For all of that and other great ways to connect with God, others, your purpose, for your family to connect, and great resources for you and yours in these days, head on over to heritageqc.com. We'd love to help you find and take your next step, and there are great options right there for you to look at. In the meantime, we'll be praying for you, and we look forward to seeing you next weekend.